and welcome to Blaze Pod. It is Wednesday, the thirty-first of July. My name is Ben. Uh, two bits of news before we get started. In fact, the the second bit I will come on to when uh, the podcast actually starts. But once again, I have Andrew from uh, Roy's View from joining me uh, to discuss everything United related. But first, a word from our sponsor. That's right. Blades Pod is entering its third season, and I am delighted, honoured, if you will, to say that we now have our first ever sponsor of the podcast. Not only that, it's a sponsor that fits very closely with what I'm trying to do, uh, and that is, of course, talking about the club that we all follow and love. Now, what I'm talking about here is the Dem Blades fanzine, which I'm sure you've seen online, but just in case you haven't, the fanzine is a crowdfunded fanzine written, produced, and distributed by supporters of Sheffield United Football Club. The fanzine is contains nothing but Blades-related content with a flair for story, opinion and irreverence. Uh, It features articles and artwork from a range of extremely talented and creative Blades fans and occasionally something written by me as well. Uh, The fanzine comes in annual and quarterly forms, uh, so these are not articles that you'll find anywhere else online. Uh, Demblades also care very much about design and longevity, so each edition features cover art by a local designer, creates a publication that is a welcome addition to your shelves. It certainly looks very nice indeed on my shelves downstairs. Um, The Demblades Annual is out now, and the theme is Away. So that's Away Days, Away Matches, Away Kits, and it starts out in the 1899 FA Cup run and ends with Stoke Away from the very end of last season. Uh, This edition features the story of 200 blades on a boat on the Thames, seeing United in a country that doesn't exist, and heading down under with none other than X-Blade, Nick Montgomery. So to get your annual now, head to demblades.co.uk. That's demblades.co.uk, D-E-M, Blades, and check it out from there. All right, thanks very much for downloading this podcast. Uh, Time to bring in Andrew and talk about Sheffield United for an hour or so. So yeah, once again, thank you, and I hope you enjoy it. Very pleased once again to have Andrew joining me uh, for the podcast. In fact, well, first of all, Andrew, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. I think probably best place to start is the the announcement that you have agreed to to sign a permanent contract with the podcast. And uh, yeah, uh, obviously Villa were interested, but I uh, <laughs> <laughs> turned down their advances, and uh, yeah, happy to sign on. That's great. I'm sure. All the Blades fans out there will be very, very happy to know you're going to be, uh, yeah, permanent, permanent fixture for the coming season. I'm, I'm, yeah, very happy to, uh, to make it a, a permanent deal, I suppose. So uh, yeah, let's hope I have as much luck as uh, Jay did last season when we got promoted. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I don't know what the upper sort of ceiling of success for you, like you bringing good luck to United is. Maybe it's just staying up. That's probably fourth bottom. I'll, I'll, I'll take that any day of week. So. Probably will take that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, some great news. I, I really enjoyed your, um, your your signing announcement video that you sent me yesterday. Um, You've got to get modern, aren't you? You've got to be modern. So very much so. Yeah. When you when you said you were going to uh, record a video, I thought you were just joking, like you know, basically just I, making a joke. And the next thing I know, that lands in my uh, inbox. Yeah, they don't call me weird off or nothing. So. <laughs> exactly. Um, right. Well, quite a bit's happened since um, in the week since we last spoke. Uh, we've played two friendlies. One was nominally uh, an under twenty three one um, against Matlock last night, and then Barnsley the previous weekend as well. Um, but I guess the big news is is what's come out today. The 
the the announcement, I suppose, that um, our bid for one Oliver McBurney of Swansea City has been accepted. Um, a reported seventeen million rising to twenty million, um, and yeah, he's he's on his way to Sheffield for his medical. It sounds sounds like um, that's going to be wrapped up tomorrow, probably pending. You know, hopefully, no problems there at all. But yeah, I mean, before we actually talk about McBurney, I mean. How mental is it that United are about to spend close to twenty million on a single player? I mean, we were in I, League One three yeah, years ago. What? I've just seen a tweet actually. If you just bear with me, I'll get who um, actually posted it so they get recognition. They've done a, an evolution of uh, Matt Dunn to um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to Oliver McBurney, and like, obviously it's only three years ago, like that we were in League One and. I've just seen because I put SUFC hashtag in on Twitter, and I've just seen South End have signed someone I've never heard of, and that were us three years ago. Yeah. And now we're spending twenty million on. I, 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 the progress has been absolutely incredible. Yeah, I know, and I, I, yeah, like you, I don't want to keep doing this sort of like, oh, you know, little old Sheffield United, haven't we come along? Yeah. Haven't we come a long way? But. We have come a long way. <laughs> it's yeah, the tweet, by the way, was JL uh, JL eighteen eighty nine one. Just for the credit, because he deserves that. Because uh, I, I actually laughed out loud at it. So is this the uh, like the evolution of man parody? Yeah, it's from, like yeah, uh, and it goes Dome. up and up, you know. Yeah, so yeah, the, the beards get bigger the further up we go. <laughs> um, I mean, probably the first thing to say about McBurney is he does have a fantastic beard. Um, yeah. And you and I were debating whether that's the. Uh, the best blades beard of our lifetime, and I, it's it's a shootout between him and Alan Cork. I think um, I'm gonna have to wait to see him in the shirt to see if, to to actually pick my best one out. But yeah, yeah. I think he's, he's definitely favourite at the moment to win best beard award. I think it blows Brayford out the water for me. Um, yeah. as much as I like the guy, um, but yeah, well, Bray- Brayford died, is so that's a bit yeah, a bit uh, of a cheat. That's true, yeah, but yeah, this uh, big ginger beard can't go wrong with that. Um, but yeah, Ollie McBurney then. So uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm incredibly excited about this signing. Like this is, yeah, I, I would say this will be my most uh, exciting signing of the summer mm. so far. Yeah, I think when I did the first pod with you, um, we were, I think I mentioned Robinson and McBurney as the first. I think they were the first two people I mentioned who I wanted to sign. Mm. I thought one of them would be brilliant to have them both. It, it, you've got to. I mean, they've got a lot of stick United board and stuff, obviously in the past, and rightly so in certain places. But I've got to take my hat off because I didn't think we'd be spending this sort of money, and I certainly didn't. When I saw the you know twenty million McBurney, I thought we're not going to pay that, and it might not be exactly twenty million, obviously with add-ons and stuff like that. But I think you've just got to take your hat off to to the board, to to Wilder, to everyone, because although I don't know if you've seen the comments from other, from other fans. And they've been quite disparaging, you know, the Premier League club fans about how much we've paid for McBurney. Mm. But I think all Sheffield United fans know it's a, it's just a perfect. It seems a perfect fit. I don't want to go too far, but you see, I mean, what, as we said with all the signings, whatever happens, he's not going to leave us in a, a shed load of debt. He's not going to. He's good. We know he's a proven Championship player. If the worst case scenario happens, and I just think the recruitment's been fantastic. Yeah. No, I'm the same, and uh, yeah, it's it's just there's so much to like about this. I mean, you know, we, we've seen him quite a few times against United. He was obviously on loan at um, Barnsley the season mm-hmm. before last, scored against us. Yeah. Uh, played against us twice with Swansea last season, scored against us both times. <laughs> um, and yeah, he's you know, it's 23 years old, so that is that's pretty young for somebody who is an established Championship striker looking to take that next step up. 
you know, it's, it's at that age where he's got plenty of experience. So you you kind of know what you're going to get, but there's, you know, big scope for improvement as well. Um, last season was really impressive. I mean, you know, just some stats here from, uh, it was the second tier podcast tweet these out, but he scored 22 goals last season. So that made him one of the top scorers in the championship. Uh, second most headed goals behind our own Billy Sharp. Second most passes per game. I thought it was quite interesting. Mm. So this, is, this is compared to other championship strikers, by the way. Um, second most key passes per game. So that's chances created for, among all strikers. And also the fourth most dribbles as well. So, I mean, that, you know, in a sort of nutshell, kind of shows you what kind of a an all-round striker he is, really. You know, he's yeah. he's not like the, the sort of beanpole, Gary Medine target man type. But he can do that as well. But he is also, you know, very creative, very good on the ball. I mean, yeah, if you watch his kind of goals highlight reel from previous seasons, it is all kinds of finishes, you know, the the kind of towering header at the near post, flicking it into the corner of the net, running with the ball past a couple of defenders. Uh, it's it, just so much to like about this. I'm, I'm really, really excited because it's, it's, it's just, I think it's, do you know, I think he's probably like one of the best players we could realistically sign, put it like that. Yeah, yeah, completely. You know, when, when you sort of, like you said, that kind of uh, criticism of like, oh, you know, are just signing championship players, they should go for proven Premier League players. Well, we can't afford proven Premier League players unless they're rubbish. So <laughs> yeah. let's go. I mean, yeah, the, the other reason for me to be like really buzzing about this is I think at the very start of this summer, I was like, what do I want out of this transfer window? I want us to basically go and cherry pick the best of the championship because that's exactly. a, a market that's available to us. And I want us to get younger. And, um, you know, if you throw out Jaggy Elka, basically everyone we've signed is is in the 23 to 27 range. Friedman, I think, is the uh, the oldest one out of a lot of them. And, um, yeah, he's, he's just uh, he's a very, very good player. I mean, you know, maybe some people will be like, well, 20 million is a hell of a lot of money, but... I don't actually think it is. I mean, you look, what did Che Adams went to Southampton? Yeah, and he's, he's got a better goal record as well, hasn't he, Che Adams, at, at championship level? So, I think so, yeah. Um, yeah, they both scored 22, but um, yeah, McBurney got his in in fewer minutes. I think it's, yeah, uh, that's like, right, sorry, yeah. Yeah, 155 minutes per goal versus Che Adams for 170. I mean, I think, it's, I think this is just the price you have to pay for a, a very good young striker who, you know, should... There'll be no, I guess if you compare it to somebody like, um, you know, that Wesley that um, the yeah, Villa yeah. have brought in, he may become, he may be a fantastic player, but there's still some, you know, logistical challenges of bringing in a player to a new country, you know, to a, 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 a football culture, I suppose, style-wise that he's probably not experienced before. Whereas, you know, McBurney, we can be pretty comfortable, he's not going to be a, a fish out of water at all in the Premier League and yeah it just gives us a, a great all-round striker I saw a I saw a great uh I don't know how true this will prove to be but a great description is like um it, it's like combining Rob Hulse and John Stead into uh, <laughs> into one player and obviously we're talking a uh, 2006 era Hulse and Stead there and uh, yeah yeah I'm gonna say not now not play, now but... <laughs> no but yeah I think if that's how it pans out to be then it'll be uh absolutely brilliant stuff for us and I think we're building for the future as well. I think it's easy to see why, you know, neutrals are saying things such as they're just buying championship players. And obviously we'll come on to Adrian Durham's remarks later and things like that. But <laughs> at the same time, we know that the worst case scenario, we have not left ourselves in any sort of position that, for instance, even Swansea have left themselves in mm. last season, where they're having to pretty much have a fire sale of losing Dan James, Ollie McBurney, Leroy Fair, which are probably the three best players. We know that next season, worst case scenario, even if we lose 
say two of our main players next season because they've proved themselves with the Premiership, we've still got the basis there, or more than the basis of a a team that you would you bank on coming straight back up. Mm. Yeah, exactly, and, it, and it's that's just... the most negative way of looking. I'm doing it purely as as a you know as a a devil's advocate almost sort of way of looking at things the the worst case scenario is we come down with an incredibly good young side yeah i think so i mean i just it just feels like we're giving ourselves the best possible chance to stay yeah up. completely I agree i don't i don't see what else we could have done you know in the in the realms of realism anyway um so yeah this is exciting um yeah just a few more uh, advanced stats just to nick from uh from our boy jay um that he i think he tweeted these out ages ago actually but He's obviously giving it a, a timely bump at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, McBurney outperformed his um, XG last season by um, almost five full goals. So that just shows you, <laughs> you know, how good a finisher he was in in terms of compared to other strikers. He was in the the very upper percentile of um, goal conversion rate. Um, really good in the air as well. Kind of um, one of the better aerial dual win percentages out of all strikers in the championship. And yeah, those dribble stats as well are, are you know kind of uh, pretty pretty decent and impressive. So yeah, he's a he's a goal scorer who also creates and yeah, those are those The only are negative quite hard to I find. found on the view from what I've got so far is his first touch apparently can be worked on and that is literally the only there's a few people saying he complains at the ref but I'm, I'm not bothered about that to be fair. In terms of actually being a footballer, the only thing I can Fine. What I found is that his his first touch could be better. Which for how old is he? Twenty. It's twenty three. Yeah. Is he twenty twenty three? Yeah. You know, he, that's that's almost like a perfectly formed striker, isn't it? It's certainly got all the tools to mm. become one. Um, yeah, that's right there. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I just I, I see absolutely no downsides to this at all. Um, yeah, it should no. be. Uh, it should be something for us all to get very excited about, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully, no more no snags along the way, and that'll just be. Uh, Signed and sealed in the next couple of days. Unfortunately, they couldn't get it done in time for this podcast. They never do. It's selfish. No. They never get these deals done before we're doing a podcast. It's always always has to be a couple of days after. So. Yeah. Well, when I saw it this morning, I thought, oh, maybe, maybe it'll just uh, maybe I'll just delay the podcast slightly. But then I saw Giddings, uh, Andy Giddings, tweeting yeah. um, saying the medical will be tomorrow. So it's like, no. Nah. Well, we've got one one more pod before the season, and I think we'll probably sign someone else for it if the rumors are true, even if it's just a goalkeeper. So yeah. no, I, I agree. That's one. Um, yeah, any, any other thoughts on McBurney or just uh, ready to roll on to the next bit? The only the only thing I think of, and this is insane because I think, what, three pods ago or something, I was saying I'm a bit worried about our striking positions. Now I'm thinking who's going to play. Well, <laughs> it, yeah. It, it was the first, it was the front two in those, you know, those five strikers that we've got. Well, let, let's segue into that now, actually. That's yeah. A, a little segue shout out there because I know, I know some, <laughs> some people love the word segue and apparently I'm among them. Um so, uh, but yeah, a couple of weeks ago we did our squad rating. So we did it by position group, um, and basically the the thinking was, uh, how ready for the Premier League is this? Are we at this position? So it's not like ten out of ten is it's the greatest group of midfielders in the Premier League. It's just you know how realistically ready are we for us to have a good season in the Premier League? Yeah. Um, multiple things have happened since then, uh, and two of them actually were finally confirmed. I guess after the last podcast, which was the signing of Dean Henderson, finally on loan, although never really in doubt, yeah. and uh, and Ben Osborne, which is long rumoured, um, but he signed and indeed made his, his debut and scored against Barnsley at the weekend. But yeah, like, do you want to just quickly run through um, the squad ratings again out of 10? Um, yeah, and... I think 
Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, then we can use that just to talk about uh, who on earth plays <laughs> up front yeah. anyway. Um, uh, go ahead, sorry. Last time, I think I I think I gave us a 6 out of 10. I've bumped that up to a 9 now. I don't know about yourself. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I, think, uh, yeah I think it has to be a 9 for me as well. I, I was 4 last time. Um, the rumours obviously are that um, we have another backup goalkeeper coming in. Mm-hmm. Um in, in the next week or so, I suppose. Although it, it sounds like he may... If it's this Dutch fellow, which I don't know much about, it sounds like he may be a free transfer because uh, <laughs> I think his team have been, like, uh, you know, found guilty of match-fixing, which uh, essentially is voiding his contract, I think. Is the, uh, I've uh, been getting some views from him, actually, doing the uh, the old Google Translate again, which has led to some very funny views. But um, they seem to think that he's using that as an excuse to jump ship. Mm. I don't know who's obviously telling the truth, and I don't know enough about that, but... In terms of the goalkeeping, I mean, the, the views I've got from him is pretty good, to be fair. So, yeah, good, and yeah, I mean, it's ten out of ten if we bring him in. And I'm, I have no, as I said before, I have no issue with Simon Moore as a backup, but not at all. Obviously, we'll have to start two games against Manchester United, and that's assuming Henderson stays fit and uh, unsuspended for every other game. But yeah, nine out of ten, I think. Now that's a very that's a, a comfortable position for us, barring any any sort of unforeseen disasters. Yeah. Um, centre-backs, I don't think the situation has changed here. I gave this a 9 out of 10 last time. Yeah, um, I gave it an 8, and uh, yeah, stick to an 8. Yeah, nothing's nothing's changed there, I don't think. Just that just that backup for Jack O'Connell, really. And, and may, maybe if I'm going to be really, you know... Uh, Going a bit over the top, maybe maybe greedy. a sort of that's the one. Yeah, I'm losing track of words today. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that, that's the that's the, the only other thing that I'd look at. But realistically, if we can get a some sort of a replacement for Jack O'Connell if he's out, because I'm still not sure about Keane Bryan, obviously, and, and whether Stevens can do what he did last season in the Premier League is obviously a big big ask. But yeah, eight out of ten for me. Joe, mm. you know, I'm, I'm I'm warming to Keane Bryan as a as a backup. Um, which I, I didn't expect to say before the preseason. Well, I think you went to the Matlock game, didn't you? I did, yeah. Um, he actually played in midfield. Um, oh, right. And, you know, all right, he's playing against like the seventh tier team or something. But it was a tidier footballer than I thought, actually. Some nice uh, nice touches and, and movement. Actually, actually got a goal as well. But anyway, yeah, I do agree. And, um, probably a, a slightly higher calibre backup player would be would be ideal there. Um, right wing back, I don't think anything has changed there uh, personnel-wise. So I was 7 out of 10 last time. I yeah. think we both were. Yeah, it was a, yeah. Left wing back. Now, this does take a leap forward. So I had this as 7 out of 10. Um, and that I think we both did, actually. And that was on basically on the basis that Ender Stevens is so blooming good. Um, <laughs> but we did note at the time there's, there's no cover there whatsoever. We now have cover. Ben Osborne, who... Mm. Um, yeah, confirmed for I think it was three million um, signed last week. Basically, one of his specialist positions is left wing back, um, and yeah, he he sounds like he will be uh, not only great cover there, but also competition for Fleck from what Wilder was saying, playing in midfield, yeah. which is a, a nice bonus as well. But I think uh, I think left wing back goes up to a nine out of ten for me now. Exactly the same. Yeah, I watched yeah. Uh, the Barnsley game, missed the first twenty minutes, so I watched it on a, on a stream. I was really impressed with Ben Osborne, to be honest. I think that. I've no sort of danger of him coming into left wing back if, if Stevens has to move to centre half or he's out for injured or anything like that. I really, I mean, obviously it's a pre-season friendly, but he's got he seems to have all the attributes that you need for that position. He's hard working, he gets up and down, comfortable on the ball. Yeah, I'm really, really, really happy with with him coming in for that position. Yeah, excellent uh, midfield. I think you had eight out of ten. I had nine out of ten. Um, 
I mean, you could say, yeah, I, I'm not. I don't think Osborne bumps that to ten out of ten for me. No, um, I'm not sure if you if you lean up no, to an iron or... because yeah. of the Norwood replacement. Uh, if mm. if anything happens to Norwood, I'm not sure if Osborne can play in that position or or whatever. I just do still think we if he gets injured or if his form's off or for, for whatever reason he is out for a long spell. I'm still not sure if we've got that replacement in there. And I think that's maybe what Chris Wilder's looking at, you know, for the final loan signing. Mm. And we, I mean, there, there was sort of mutterings of um, Romain Sawyers from Brentford. Mm. Uh, who ended up signing for West Brom in the end, which suggests yeah. we were not actually uh, pursuing him. No. But, I mean, I would have, I would have loved to have seen him. I think he, he would have been. But he only three million as well, or something. Yeah, that's a great signing yeah, for West Brom. Brilliant signing for West Brom. I think he's in the last year of his contract, but. Yeah, I mean that that could be their their Norwood, I suppose, this season. Yeah, so yeah. certainly interested to see how they do in the championship. Um moving on to forwards then. So I, I think before so we, we rated this before we'd signed um Mousse, uh certainly before we signed McBurney. Uh, I think that's it. I'm not missing anyone. Yeah. We've got yeah, so many strikers I can't it. remember them now. Um this this goes up to nine out of ten for me now, I think. I've won ten. I don't think we can. Nice. This, this, this is based on McBurney coming in. Yeah. I don't think we can ask for any more from from the budget we've had and everything and where we've come from. I there's so many options there. I can't think of any how that really could be better realistically. That position. I'm gonna stick with nine out of ten just because of the question mark over Musa. I think. Just... That's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Because yeah, we don't. We still don't really know. I mean. I'm sure Wilder and uh, Neil and the rest know what we've got, but I still don't really know what we've got there. If it is a, if he's like a serious option or what, but I think McBurney definitely will be. I think McGoldrick will will have a really good season, fitness mm. permitting, um, and I think Sharp will score goals because we'll create yeah. chances against. And obviously uh, Robinson's been playing up there as well, so he absolutely has. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, it's certainly it's certainly teetering. I think I think if you know Musa hits the ground running and suddenly like. Oh look, he can play football. He just wasn't playing football for, for three years. Yeah. Then yeah, it's, it's hard to argue with ten out of ten. I mean, yes, certainly, um, certainly, no more additions needed there at all. No, I mean, no. Well, is... Like I say, I mean, what two would you go for in the first game? If I don't know, I mean, yeah, I, I would. I don't know. I honestly have no idea. No, I, want... be, I think I'd probably go off the top of my head, like just just now, McGoldrick and Robinson, purely because McBurney will have only had. A week with the team. Yeah, I think you've got to play Robinson, especially with the preseason he's had. I and think I, so. And I think McGoldrick is. I think that he's, he's got that. Much, I think he's so important to us mm. as a sort of a, just someone. He's brilliant on the ball, but his hold up play is far far better than people realise as well. Yes. And I, I, yeah, I think I'd go for them too. And Robinson and McGoldrick could play together for Ireland as well. So. Oh yeah, good good thinking. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, but I could be convinced of many other permutations. One thing, <laughs> yeah. one thing I will say is, um, you know, I, I saw someone uh, a couple of tweets of like, you know, there's no way Musa doesn't start. If he's a club record signing, I think that's I think that's nonsense. No, uh, he's, he's a, I mean, I think he's obviously if he if he proves himself, he'll get a first team place. But I think initially he'll be sort of the wild card from the bench. Yeah, I think I, that, I that's would, his role at the moment. Agreed. I'd actually be surprised if he starts a game for like seven or eight games, something like yeah, that. Yeah, agree. I can't see it unless there's obviously a load of injuries and things. I yeah. think he's pro- arguably fifth choice striker. 
which is not... He might be the first to come on as mm. a striker, if you know what I mean. If we're losing 2-0, like, let's give him a go because he can create something out of nothing by all accounts. But... I think at this particular moment in time, we're picking a team. He's probably in fifth place. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think he was signed to start the season, uh, like to start for us at the start of the season. I mean, obviously, no. obviously, the ideal is is you know he makes such a strong case from the bench that's like, wow, this guy's incredible. We have to play. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it will be yeah one of those you've mentioned um, and McBurney once he's integrated himself. This had better come off now, McBurney. Otherwise, we're going to look really stupid. <laughs> yeah, 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 we'll have to delete this. Yeah, yeah but no, I'm confident. Right. Um, well, we've touched on it a little bit there. So uh, United played Barnsley at Oakwell on Saturday uh, in a friendly that um, I mean, you know, don't read too much into friendlies, but uh, I have to say, quite an impressive result, I thought. Because uh, yeah, I, unfortunately, I missed it. I was only able to watch the highlights, but. You know, you could get the sense that the the Barnsley crowd were were quite up for giving us a beating, and you know they they are a decent team. I think they'll be um, you know pretty good in the championship this season. Obviously, came up from League One last season, um, and yeah, we we won four one, scored some excellent goals. Uh, you know, looking at the highlights, some of the some of the football we played was was really really good as well. But yeah, I guess the two kind of headline things is um, the continuing Callum Robinson hype. Mm. All aboard that hype train, uh, yeah. and Ravel Morrison making his first appearance of the preseason as well. And uh, yeah, it was, I think it was only on for about fifteen minutes or so, but still had time to you know rock up a bit of a, a highlight reel moment of uh, of skill as well to beat a couple of players. So you you obviously managed to watch uh, most of this game, I think. Didn't yeah. You? What what was your impressions from it? I thought like the end of the first half is when I started watching it. We just scored, and I, I I didn't think we were we were probably lucky to to go in at one nil. I thought um, because we didn't quite get on the ball. Or have it. to be fair to Barnsley, they closed it down really well. We didn't get that much time. But I thought second half, particularly towards the the last twenty minutes, half an hour, I thought we were really really good, and we genuinely did look at. Uh, I mean, we are obviously a division above them, but we looked at, which is not always the case, especially in pre-season friendlies. And we were passing it around. I thought Luke Freeman was brilliant when he came on. And I'm getting a bit too excited about Ravel Morrison because even though he only played 15 minutes, 20 minutes or whatever it was, you can just tell that the ball comes and other players are sort of, right, what am I going to pass next? He he knows exactly what he's doing. He's so Mm. calm. I think he sort of almost played like a free role Mm. when he came on. We were on the edge of our area and the edge of their area. And the most important thing, possibly, obviously that fantastic bit of skill he did. Uh, if ever, I don't know if anyone, everyone's seen it, but an unbelievable bit of skill. But when we scored the fourth goal, he was. I, I really, I was really happy to see him involved in the celebrations. He had the ball in his hand and sort of cheering with the rest of the squad. And mm. I just hope that he can keep his head together because there's no doubt in that he's a, a, a fantastic player. We're not just talking about someone. Oh, he can do a job. If he gets it right, he he's going to be a starter if he's on form. Yeah. It's I, um, just all that sort of, you know, that mental side of it. Can can we keep him like that? Yeah, not not to jump ahead, but yeah, obviously he started at Matlock last night, and once again, caveat, it was you know lower league opposition, much lower league opposition. But I, I don't think that detracts from the fact that you can just tell watching him, he has a hell of a lot of skill. Yeah, he can pass the ball very well and with great intelligence. He has great control, great movement. Didn't look uh, unfit in the slightest. He came off after about probably sixty-five minutes or something like yeah. that. And it, it's just one of them. You just, like you say, you watch him. You're like this, this guy has got it. Like he is a very good player. It's just can we? Yeah, can it? Can he produce that um, at the highest level? I suppose. But yeah, it's. Uh, 
it, it, I think I think Wilder's relishing the challenge, isn't he? I think he was asked yeah. about it in um, the managers' forum the other day, and you know, I, I think if anyone's going to make it happen, it will be uh, it will be this this management team and the rest of the squad. So, yeah, that's exciting. Um, Callum Robinson continues to uh, to dazzle. Um, yeah, a fantastic goal against Barnsley. You know, kind of stood up the defender on the edge of the area and then just like swept a left footed shot from outside the box into the corner. Yeah, he he just looks the business. This is kind of patronising, but one thing I, I really like about him is it's a bit of a cliche, but he plays with a smile on his face. Like it, yeah. he seems to always be enjoying it. I mean, you know, I watched him at um, where was it uh, at Chesterfield, and you know, he had he probably should have had a hat trick really, but the keeper made a phenomenal save, and then uh, I think the rebound was cleared off the line. And you know, he's got a big grin on his face. You know, I, I quite like to see that. You know, not not getting too sort of stressed yeah. about the situation, actually, you know, enjoying being on the pitch, enjoying trying to make things happen, trying to score goals. I think that's, uh, yeah, I think, I, I don't know. I like to see that myself. Yeah, I, I think there were, in the, in the same game, the Chesterfield game, I think he's shot when he should have passed and Billy Sharp had a little bit of a go at him. And mm. he sort of like put his arms up and then started laughing. And you thought, well, you, you, that's, he, he's one of those players, I feel, that sort of knows he's good, but mm. not in an arrogant way. Yeah. He, he, if you give him the ball... He's not afraid. You see certain players, decent players as well, who they, they might not have that sort of swagger that other players have. I think he has got that swagger, but he's not in an arrogant way. It's, mm. I'm, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing him next season against, like, obviously the best defenders, some of the best defenders in the world. It'll be interesting to see just how... Because I think he's another one who he could go as far as he wants, really. Yeah, slightly questionable goal celebration. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on there. Well, the Barnsley fans in the view from weren't happy that he celebrated at all because it were only a friendly. So. <laughs> yeah, I did wonder if Sharp was just having a little word with him after the uh, after his second goal. Actually, like tone it down a bit, mate. That was uh, <laughs> that was another lovely goal, by the way. Um, great cross from Freeman, which has been a yeah a, a recurring yeah. theme throughout preseason, and then a, a really nice controlled finish on the run um, into the corner. But yeah, uh, you know, looked look like. Um, uh, a pretty decent performance as we're kind of stepping up the uh, preseason intensity. The only sort of not a negative. I, I didn't think Norwood were at his best. He was probably the the weakest of the players, and that's why when it comes to the midfield thing, that's why I still think we need that one more body. I'm not saying I'm not going to base obviously. I'm not saying writing him off on a preseason game or anything like that. But he's so important to us that if he does have a bad game, I do think we need someone in there to you know to, to to swap for him and maybe give us another you know another dimension or something yeah no i uh i would agree um united played matlock town last night which was notionally an under 23 game but i think um i think it, it felt like a little bit of a late decision of like oh actually should we just play a load of first team players just <laughs> <laughs> i guess the, the circumstances of a, a few of them kind of necessitated that um those players being generally ones who are probably going to leave the club, I think, or who are certainly well down the pecking order. Yeah. Um, a rare sighting for Jake Wright. I, when when yeah. was the last time you saw Jake Wright play for Sheffield United? I didn't go one of my friends when to watch the reserves against Wednesday. Uh, was it mm. February or something like that? And he played in that, and apparently it were quite poor in that. Would, but in a first-team game, that is a brilliant question. I really, really can't remember. Did he play against Barnsley away? When we lost 3-2, I don't know why I've just thought of that game, but I've got a feeling he played in that. I'll look that up. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, the last one I can remember, I think, was when we lost to Leicester City in the League Cup. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. There must have been a more recent one than that. Oh, but... yeah, he played against Wednesday, which were in that first season. Yeah, so that were of after course, the Wednesday yeah. game. Yeah. yeah, you're right, yeah. Uh, he. Oh, wow, what a cracking shout by you. He did indeed play really? against I Barnsley. I remember um, Bernie, actually, funnily enough, sort of give, not giving him the runaround as such, but, you know, causing him all sorts of problems. Yeah. Just trying to—he was substituted off, which is not a good sign. Um, <laughs> oh no! Okay, it was—it was in the last minute. I take it back. Right. It was in the last minute after we'd blown a blown a yeah. And yeah, there, there he is, uh, Mr. McBurney with the equaliser. Yeah. Um, what we're we talking about? Oh yes, Matlock, uh, Ben Hennigan playing as well. Um, but I, and, uh, and Leon Clark, who scored two goals. Uh, Keen Bryan actually got the other one. So it was a three-nil win for United. The second half was a bit of a non-event, to be honest. Um, I mean, it's so noticeable the difference in I don't know. I thought it was really noticeable the sort of step down in footballing ability of like that defense. So mm. it was uh, Wright, Stearman, and Hennigan. Just in terms of like how important it is to us to get the ball from defense into attack. Yeah, like it relies so much, I think, on the defenders being able to either lay it off to Norwood, who obviously wasn't playing either. Or just um, you know play it out to the wings, get it into the strikers themselves, and yeah, so that kind of meant the second half was a little bit of a non-event. Um, Duffy played, didn't I? Duffy did play. I wanted to yeah mention this. Um, look to, I mean, he looked rusty. I think that's probably the charitable way of saying it. I was, I was surprised. He didn't play badly, but I was surprised at how little influence he had over the game. Um, and you know, this isn't don't don't misread me here. I'm not saying like a. Oh, he, he, you know, he, he clearly couldn't be asked or anything like that. He was yeah. just just dossing about. Like he was, he was playing hard, but I, yeah, wanted to see a bit more from him. I think from against that caliber of opposition. But as I say, you know, he wasn't able to get on the ball maybe as much as you would have liked. And there was, you know, there was some good stuff as well. But yeah, did look looked off the pace, which I guess is is why he was playing in this game. How are you um, feeling about that now? Because obviously, a couple of pods ago, you said that he, you did it, you thought he would be still playing for us. Uh, this season, do you still do you still feel like that? I'll, I'll stick by. It. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen anything that's changed my mind on that. I guess. I mean, it mm. makes perfect sense for him to play in this game because clearly we're not going to use him in the first team preseason friendlies because essentially he's been told, well, if if you want to go, mate, you can go. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know. I, I I I still stick with it. I don't. In a funny way. I wouldn't be shocked if there's not that much interest from the championship for him because he wants a two-year contract, presumably. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And as good as he is, are there that many championship clubs that are like, yeah, we will give a two-year contract to someone who's going to be 34 in a few months? Do you think Leon's suffering the same? I'd, yeah, team? I mean, you and I were sort of chatting about this privately, weren't we? Because um, yeah. it's it's kind of baffling to me that Leon Clark is not um, you know set to start for a League One team next season because... He's still got it. He's, uh, you know, he's just, he's probably fitter now than he was three or four years ago before he came to us. Um, you know, he will score goals. He will, he will run hard. He will, you know, press defenders. His touch is decent. Um, but yeah, I guess it's just uh, he's probably on a, a bigger contract than a lot of League One teams are again willing to stump up for a, a bloke in his mid thirties. So it'll be a shame for him, I think, if he because you know he's been brilliant for his down Clark, and I, I, I hope he does get a move. Mm. Just because, obviously, with the strikers we've got now, he's not going to get a sniff, is he? Unless there's some insane no. amount of injuries, and I, I'd be, it'd be a shame for him to spend, you know, 
the last years of his career Scenario just seeing out of contract when he's obviously still got so much more to offer. Yeah, I would imagine what will happen is he'll go on loan for the season yeah. um, and we'll just like part fund his wages, that kind of thing. I think he can still do a championship, maybe not a starter, but I, yeah. you know, someone, you know, someone at the bottom, maybe someone like Barnsley even. You yeah, know, yeah. It could, it could maybe just give him something different. I could see it, yeah. Um one other thing to pull out of this um, Matlock friendly actually is uh, first appearance of uh, Lise Mousset. Came off the bench after about 70 minutes, I think it was. Um, in fact, I think he came off for Morrison. Um, yeah, also looked very rusty. Yeah. Uh, I mean, almost, almost immediately, like, took a great touch and just burst away from his defender. You're like, wow, look at this guy go. <laughs> um, and, and he did that a few more times as well, but he, he also lost the ball quite a lot. Um, he took a big whack in a... Um, a really good challenge by the defender, and I don't know if that sort of uh, if that left him a bit injured or something. James Shield said he um, uh, he limped off, or not limped off, but limped off the pitch at the you know at the, the, the end. Full-time yeah, he was like messing about with his boot for a bit, so I didn't know if he just got you know if his shoes were hurting him or something, or if he had uh, actually done something to his foot. You know, he sort of took it off a few times, and then yeah, pretty much at full time, like kind of sat down to take it off again. Um, yeah. yeah, it looked uh, looked raw. I mean. He, I wouldn't use it as a criticism of like, oh, he looks unfixed. I mean, he's not played any football. <laughs> like this, yeah, this is his yeah. first friendly appearance. Um, I was going to say, did he play for Bournemouth at all? I don't believe he did. I, yeah, we obviously signed him early doors, really. I don't. Yeah, I don't think he will have played for Bournemouth. No, probably. Well, presumably, they'll have known that he's kind of on his yeah. way out. So yeah, probably not. Um, so yeah, he, he looks like he, he needs needs games. I think, but yeah, some you know, certainly from a. A physical standpoint, uh, quite impressive. I think it's a lot bigger than I thought. I mean, I know we kind of heard this about him. He's a, you know, a physical striker as well as kind of a, a fast and technical mm-hmm. one. Um, but yeah, it's a bit bit more of a, a unit than I was uh, expecting actually. So yeah, yeah hopefully it gives us something a bit different as well. Um, I will just say Matlock is a, a great ground to go watch football. Um, I've never actually been to Matlock's ground. Ah, uh, you've got the behind one one goal just. Uh, amazing kind of view up the hill um to uh Ryber castle i think it is um it's where yeah Ryber castle yeah it's where the uh the film dead man's shoes was filmed i don't know if you've seen all that. right interesting yeah, yeah. yeah. i think I like it. <laughs> it is yeah it's a very a very adult film but yeah um just in case there's any kids out there going like oh, i'm gonna <laughs> yeah. have to watch that yeah maybe maybe check before you watch that one um yeah it's a really nice place to to watch a game the last time i went there actually was um the season we got promoted to the premier league last time so it was like first time i'd seen neil shipley in a in our shirt and i was like wow this guy's massive like, yeah really i remember, I remember seeing him in pre that same pre-season and i thought what what have we signed him for but he was brilliant that season so he, he really really was um all right uh moving on so um yeah well one thing I, I think we both kind of wanted to quickly cover off is i guess you know the premier league season starts in about 10 days time it starts a week on saturday um I don't know about you, but this summer's felt actually quite quick. I think because I was, uh, you know, watched all the Women's World Cup. Uh, there's the Nations League as well, so it doesn't really seem like it's dragged to me this summer as a football fan. But a lot has happened. There have been a lot of summer storylines with United, um, and yeah, I thought it'd just be interesting just to recap them, uh, and I guess give a little bit of a, a rating of how many Twitter meltdowns out of ten. Um, each each of these narratives is yeah. worth, I suppose. Um, but I, I think in the, this is kind of in the context of uh, 
it's it's very different to be following a Premier League team in 2019 compared to the last time we were here. Um, from a, I guess from a, I, I don't know, from a really well, maybe it's just people who are hooked into the internet. Essentially, mm-hmm. you know, social media basically didn't exist in 2007. You know, Facebook was just starting out. Twitter, um, I think, literally did not exist. And it's um, yeah, the landscape as a fan is is very different now, and certainly over this summer, um, it, it's kind of made me think we're going to need some quite thick skins. I think you know, just because the spotlight's very much on us. I mean, you obviously know it pretty much better than anyone. I guess is you know, every time we sign a player, it's uh, you know, oh, you're preparing for relegation already, that kind of thing. And yeah, yeah. it's it's just. Um, it's just interesting, I think, that it's it, how different it is, and you know, there's there's going to be a lot of um, a lot of muck thrown at us in the next yeah. seven or eight months, and I, I think, yeah, I think it's necessary to be. Honest, to be... Go I do, sorry, I do remember when we got promoted last time, and is getting pretty much equally as savaged, but obviously we were it, there was no Twitter as or weren't as big if it did exist. And obviously the social media thing weren't as big, but I do remember Sky Sports. I remember Paul Merson saying they're going straight back down. I've never heard of their players. I remember once again Adrian Durham saying we were awful, Warnock were a dinosaur and all this. So I do remember that happening, but obviously now you've got nowhere to vent it. And it, I suppose it, if you've not seen that particular program or that, that, you know, that person saying that, it doesn't become the big thing. I think mm. one of the things now is I'll see something, I'll share it, you'll see it, you'll share it. And it, and it becomes bigger than... That it maybe actually is just for you know a simple comment. Yeah, bigger than it deserves, and it. Yeah, it's. I, I try not to react to stuff, um, and, and that may be actually to my detriment in a way because I think some of it, some of it deserves to be taken down. It deserves to be mocked. You know the yeah, I mean the yeah. Adrian Durham one you mentioned there. I mean, look, he is being deliberately provocative to get yeah. people to ring in to talk sport. I, or, I don't mind Adrian Durham because I think he knows what he's doing. I think if you fall for it, more mm. for you. I don't. I think everybody is is a shock jock. That, that's exactly mm. what he is. I was actually more sort of disappointed in Jason Cundy's comments, who tried to give a analysis and then started talking about our back four. I think <sighs> at least Durham sort of knows what he's doing. Cundy was trying to play like the you know the 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 guy who knows his stuff, and that that actually got me more annoyed than what Durham was saying. Yeah, because uh, the last time we played a back four was probably 2015. He's probably not seen it since Warnock were in charge, though. So. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, so yeah, and that that kind of yeah, because you've got this sort of genuine, uh, you know, genuine Mickey taking, trying to make us all feel terrible about a Premier League season from like Wednesday fans and Leeds fans yeah. and stuff like that. And then you've got the sort of, you know, the rage bait stuff, uh, I've seen it called, of like, you know, I'm just being deliberately provocative to try and make you angry and get a reaction out of you. Yeah. And then you've got the trolls and the fake accounts and the in-the-know people, whether they're real or not real. And it's a maelstrom if you're, uh, you know, if you're, if you're trying to follow football on, on social media. And it's I just I just think it's fascinating, like, even compared with last season where... Yeah. Obviously, we were still pretty in the spotlight. You know, we were we were a, a really good team from a for a long period of the season, and you know, we we had a bit of a rivalry with Norwich, which we carried over for a few seasons. Obviously, rivalry with with Wednesday and with Leeds as well in the table. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, it's noticeable how yeah it's it's kind of it ramps up massively in the Premier League. Um, I think the hardest thing I'm going to have this season with the view from is sort of trying to differentiate between the trolls and the 
and the people who actually believe what they're saying because I, mm. we're getting we're getting so much stick from people and I, I said this before you click on the profile and it's Liverpool see you know Liverpool fan living in Glasgow or Blackpool or somewhere there and you think well you've not seen us play I mean I, I obviously don't want the views for the next season to just be a a list of insults from people who've not actually seen us ever play. So it's, yeah. it's, it's an interesting one because I understand. Look, at, from the outside looking in, I can see why exactly why people will think we'll go down. And I think it's a it's a, a genuinely an, an okay thing to, to think. I think it's yeah. a, a sensible thing to to look at our squad and think, yeah, they're going to go back down. But when you see sort of you see Steve Nichol yesterday with mm. on ESPN sort of laughing out loud about. Oh, Chris Wilder doesn't know what he's in for, basically. And you're thinking, the, the media in this country, and uh, the higher it goes, the worse it is for me. Mm. It's so ignorant that I, it does make you long for the cha- in the championship. I think there there is a bit of ignorance, but normally the people commenting it actually watch the games and they know a little bit what they're talking about. In the Premier, <laughs> they've seen someone come up. Oh, they must be rubbish. And that's it, dismissed you. And I think the the analysis is, is has been awful so far. That's mm. that's a really interesting point actually. Maybe I'm uh, reading too much into this, but it's almost I, I completely agree. the The coverage that lower league football gets is uh, obviously less widespread, but I think because it because you almost have to be a bit specialised. You know, mm. you you have to work harder to pay attention because it's not every game is available, not every no. storyline is massive and easily absorbed. So. It's almost, you know, these people who, who cover the lower leagues have actually basically carved out, had to carve out a niche, yeah. which is based on intelligent, well-researched comment. Um, whereas, yeah, I mean, quite a lot of the Premier League coverage, as you say, is is just kind of trotting out cliches. Yeah. Um, I think the vlogs as well. I mean, the, 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 some of the vlogs are, are brilliant in uh, championship clubs. You've mm. got, uh, obviously, Benjamin Bloom and... The, the Bolton girl stump peg and the other the Bolton guy is yeah. or something they, I've seen them do their pre I've, I've been watching their pre-season predictions and stuff for the championship and there's another guy's a Preston guy's a Barnsley fan and they really are clued up they'll just say well I think that's because you know they've signed him and they've lost him and I watched the premiership predictions from people and it's some Irish guy with a Man United shirt on talking about well Sheffield United have signed Luis Moussa that means they're going down and it's just sort of the, the lowest sort of form of Oh, yeah, it annoys me, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, generally, I agree. Like, you know, I can see... I think everyone should... Every neutral will probably pick us in the bottom three. because I, got, I, I can see that completely. And I, and I think if you're given a sensible reason why, that's fair enough. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you've got to pick someone for the bottom three if you're doing your predictions, haven't you? And it might as well be us. But I think, I think it's a more interesting thing to... I don't know. I, I personally think it's more interesting to look at the teams that have got promoted and think... What have they done that could help them stay up um, mm. and come of it, it, it from that angle? I mean, I don't know if you you didn't get this email from uh, BT's media team, did you? Um, I don't think this, so. This stupid script thing. You've probably seen. Oh, it. Oh, I did. I did. I did. I did. Yeah. So this guy. I, mean, I... I, I don't want to call this guy. He's just doing his job. It's fine. <laughs> DM'd me. Can I have an email address? Um, I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Here it is. You know, it's something to do with the podcast, basically. I thought, yeah. fine, whatever. Um, and then, yeah, this personalised email comes in, uh, and it's uh, it's about how BT have scripted the Premier League season. And, and I just thought, like, why would you send this to me? Because it says, you know, that you can get the full story of United season here, where, among other things, you'll find that Sheffield United are relegated on the penultimate match day weekend, <laughs> and they finish the season bottom of the table. I'm like, oh, you've really got me here, mate. I'm, yeah, yeah. Tell me more. Like 
However, their 32 points total is the most earned by a 20th place Premier League team since West Ham in 2010-11. Well, that's, that's, oh, that's gr- fine then. Yeah, that's, that's great. Me. <laughs> Thank you very much for emailing me. I just thought that was bizarre. Like may- maybe you know, maybe leave United off your mailing list if that's yeah. if that's what you're I mean, the tell actual me. thing itself is is a, it's good fun and stuff, and they put a lot of effort in. But it's ridiculous because you can't, you know, it, the, the model itself just it just falls down immediately because there's three teams in it who are mm. playing against teams they've, they've not played last year. I just, I just don't see how it works. No, it's, uh, uh, well, I've seen intelligent deconstructions of it, which is like, this is this is bad use of data and you are, you know, <laughs> basically this is bad and you should feel bad. But as I said, I don't want it to, to sort of feel like no one can pick Sheffield United to be relegated. I just think no. give us a genuine reason why we're going to finish bottom. It's like, if, if I think Norwich are going to go down, I'll say... Well, they've only spent three million pound. Their defence was pretty poor last season. Just some sort of insight, not just well, they think Billy Sharp's going to score all the goals. You know, <laughs> I just think it's so sort of. You may as well not bother casting an opinion if you've got nothing, no sort of information about what you're talking about. Yeah, or at least just say like, look, I don't really know much about Sheffield United, um, mm. but you know they've just got promoted, and that is generally. Something that teams struggle to adapt yeah, to. Yeah, that's so. fair. Yeah, absolutely fine. I yeah. think it's the short, the, the, the so sure as well. Certain people, oh, they're going back down. That's it, without yeah. sort of giving any any reason why. Indeed. Um, well, we'll come on to actual predictions ourselves for next season, including uh, including sticking our neck out for how we think United will do um, in the next one. I want to give a proper amount of time to that. Um, but yeah, let, let's get back to these summer storylines then. So yeah, we, we, we'll rate these out of ten as. Uh, I guess how hysterically people reacted to it. Um, so yeah, how many Twitter meltdowns out of ten? So, I mean, yeah, we can take your pick here, but I think probably the court case is uh, is a good place to start. Um, you know, the the ownership battle. Uh, you know, this is is embarrassing for our club, and it's it's damaging our ability to sign players. And you know, maybe Wilder's just going to jack it in with these two clowns banging on and. I found this personally quite uh, quite stressful to follow because yeah. it didn't strike me as a big deal, really. But people reacted to it like it is. I think you know when anything in court is written down, it looks terrible because the whole point is you've got two barristers or you know whatever the technical term for it is trying to make the other party look terrible. That is that is literally <laughs> yeah. their job. Yeah, and they will use whatever means you know necessary to kind of paint very bland benign facts in a negative light and um yeah i think you know again amplified by certainly by wednesday fans on twitter the slightest thing here was getting kind of blown out of proportion and i was never worried i never thought it would be damaging our ability to sign players because like i don't think wilder would be here the thing with this court case is we knew it was happening for months and possibly even a year in advance so i don't know i think this had a disproportionate reaction to it so it's a it's a solid nine out of ten on the Twitter meltdown scale, I think, for me. I'd give it a ten because I think I, I've got into two full scale rows for myself, <laughs> which I'm not proud of on Twitter about it because people are saying we're not going to sign a player while ever this court case is going on and there's a verdict. And I, well, what that is just, I mean, I understand it, it must still have been, I think Jay tweeted. Uh, a while ago, that it's going to be more difficult uh, to sign players while ever the two are, which is understandable. I, I completely get that. But there were certain people who said there's going to be no, we might have a few free transfers and oh, pull, oh, pulling what's left of my hair out and <laughs> just trying to say, no, that's not going to happen. And I, I'd, I'd like to know what they think now. I mean, I, I understand everyone panics. And even even myself, when when you read the, 
the transcripts and you think, wow, we what are we doing here? You know, the, what's been going on at boardroom level? Mm. Well, I never had any. I didn't think we'd spend as much as we did. I, I, we seem to be if Bernie comes in. But I, I, I never thought we'd spend any less than at least twenty million pounds. But certain people did seem to be losing it completely and saying we were Wilder was going to walk and we weren't going to sign anybody and it was really, really doom and gloom. And it, this started about what two weeks after we got promoted or two weeks after the season. Yeah, then? And it did put a bit of a damper on it. it uh, yeah, it did. You're right. And as I say, it, it was stressful to follow because I was, I was kind of opinion like this is not really that big a deal, but because it was. You know, because everything was being reported, it all looked terrible, and it was you know wall to wall coverage. You know, and... I think if it had happened at the end of the season, it'd have been worse because it'd have affected the promotion thing. But at the same time, I think a lot of it would have been buried. I think the fact there was mm. nothing else to cling on to. There really wasn't actually. Yeah. No, uh, and I think you know, oh, I, you know, McCabe has said something, and that became like a huge thing for everybody. Or, mm. and I think it. I mean, now. Obviously, the court case is not going on anymore, but the, the talk about it has definitely died down like a huge amount. Whereas, when there was nothing else to focus on, it was understandably quite worrying for certain people. But I do think it got blown out of proportion at the same time. Yes, agreed. Um, on a similar note, Sheffield United bankrolled by the Bin Ladens. <laughs> now that yeah. was a uh, that came kind of out of nowhere, um, and, and I have to admit. When I first saw this, my initial reaction was like, what? Yeah, I was exactly the same. Yeah. Um, and then when you actually think about it, it's like, well, pretty much <laughs> pretty much every major business in the West is probably slightly funded by the massive conglomerate. It was quite eye-opening, that story, how little people... I mean, I'm no Middle Eastern or business expert or anything, <laughs> but how little people know about the Bin Laden family. There were people, our own fans... Wednesday fans as well who were giving stick who genuinely see this is, this is another row I got into on Twitter which uh, again I'm not I'm gonna have to stop doing this because uh, I, I, they seem to think that Bin Laden himself was funding Sheffield United and I was like well how does that even work he's, he's dead you know is that, how is that even happening so I, th- I think when we signed uh, Callum Robinson actually a Preston fan said I can't believe we're being uh, shafted by Bin Laden from beyond the grave which I found quite funny to be fair oh uh, dear yeah, yeah. But, no, yeah the, the meltdown of that I'll give it a 7 out of 10 because I think most of the time we were taking the mickey out of ourselves but there were still people I remember the, the, the sponsorship deal oh and, yeah and people thought we thought we were going to that was going to fall through because obviously we were all of a sudden being funded by Al-Qaeda so <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. Oh, that was another one. I was like, I'm just not engaging with this. It's too stupid. I wish but, yeah, because I, I got into the. I was going round in circles at one point, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I think seven out of ten meltdowns fair. Yeah, you make a good point. With people were, uh, you know, our own fans were pretty, um, pretty on the ball with um, with some 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 good humour around that. Yeah, one. took, took I think it. That's the best way to take it. In good spirits. Yeah. Um, the other one was. Uh, Again, related was the the watch this space announcement over our lucrative commercial deal. So, you know, this obviously became the uh, the USG um, sponsorship. Um, United, I think, announced this like the week after the season finished. There was like, watch this space. We've got the. I mean, it's literally their words. The you know the biggest commercial deal in the club's history is coming up, and then we waited and waited and waited, and I can safely say I have. 
This is the most I've ever cared about a sponsorship deal for a football club, <laughs> just because it went on and on forever. And as you say, then it became like, a, oh, the court case has kind of killed it. That's ruined everything. And then there's the Bin Laden news. And um, yeah, it's. Uh, it, I think it's fairly low on the on the yeah. meltdown scale. It's like probably a five. Out, out, yeah, I get a five out of ten. But it was it was a strange. Um, a I strange don't know why they did passage. that. I still can't understand why they announced watch this space and then announced it. What were it two month and a half, two months later or something like it that? Was, it was Just... a good six seven weeks. Yeah, I I, I think they made a mistake yeah. I mean, in terms of like. I just think they misjudged it. I think they probably thought, oh, this is just a capper of promotion. Like, everyone will want to know this. We've got a <laughs> big commercial deal coming up. Like, everyone will really want to know that. Um, and, yeah, having worked in – well, I, I, I still kind of do, I guess, but I used to work in um, in, in gaming, and uh, one of the worst things you can do is tell somebody about something that's coming up uh, and then have them have to wait longer than like a day before yeah. they actually get it. But it's, it's natural. I mean, it's like uh, music and stuff. An album's coming out, and you, this is the new album. Where is it? You know, six, and then yeah. everyone's bored by the time they, even by the time it's come out because they're sick of hearing about it. So. Yeah, indeed. Well, all, all's well that ends well there. Um, yeah. And on a similar note, uh, Dean Henderson spent the summer messing us about, and we should move on and sign a different keeper. You know, stop tweeting soon on top, you stupid idiot, and uh, <laughs> just sign your damn contract. Um, I guess this is fairly low. This is probably a, a three out of ten. Very, very yeah, I get, niche I give it amount a four. of people. I think it peaked after the Burton game when Moore let a shot in that he had no chance of stopping anyway, <laughs> and everyone was saying we need a new keeper. Where's Henderson? Right, that's it. You know. Yeah, as it, as it turned out, which um, I think everyone was quite quite widely aware of, there was, there was several dominoes to, to kind of fall there. There was. David De Gea signing a new contract with Manu, which would lead to Dean Henderson getting a new contract with Manu, which would lead to us agreeing basically how much we're going to be paying for him to yeah. come and play for us next season. So, yeah, that was... Uh, I it, think it, it's on the frustrated. It did get frustrated yeah. for me at the time because, obviously, Henderson, to a degree, doesn't help himself by putting, obviously, the soon on top and then posting pictures of him cheering a United shirt and everyone thinks, oh, it's today, he's going to sign today. Yeah, and then signing the picture of him. There was a good one... Uh, Instagram story of him like signing a contract or like yeah. autographing something and I was I think it was my brother message it's like oh what does this mean what do you reckon this means he's signing today and that was like that was genuinely June I think when he'd done that yeah one, so. it's a bit like the the, the commercial deal it, it sort of because he sort of built it up on 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 his own uh, social media accounts it, people started getting annoyed with him, mm. <laughs> even though realistically he, he had nothing to do with. He obviously wanted to come back, yeah. but he had, he, he had to wait himself, didn't he? So, yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, I personally, absolutely no ill feeling towards him for doing that. No, not, not that, at all, not at all. No, but I just I think, think it got people's backs up because yeah, people got it into everything that he did. People got it into the heads that he was signing that day, then he didn't, and people started getting angry with him. So yeah, and suddenly he's off to you know Singapore with Manu or whatever. And, yeah, yeah. Um, Neil Morpe. This is a, I mean, this is quite niche, so I don't want to waste too much time on this because probably a lot of people will have no idea what we're on about. But I feel like this is a low point for internet fan culture, which is um, the the Neil Morpe for 20 million thread on the S2 forum and the subsequent very memeable interaction with uh, a group of in-the-know Brentford fans who... Yeah, we we never bid for him apparently, and he's going no nowhere. Bids. And no bids, no bids, and, and apparently still no bids because uh, we, we've uh, at least moved on. I mean, it was quite quite widely reported. I think that we were very much in for more pay for mm-hmm. 
Probably not for 20 million. Well, the, um, the rumours are now that his agent was sort of waiting for another bid to come in so he could play, or waiting for an offer for his player so he, he could sort of play them off against each other. I, I, by all accounts, that offer has not actually come. Hmm. So now he's got a player who I believe missed the last preseason game with Brentford because his head weren't right or something like that. Hmm. Who's, I mean, I don't know what kind of a player he is, but he's obviously going to go back to Brentford unless something happens in the next week when he could have been going to a Premier League club and, and, and probably starting for them. It's, well, I don't know. Yeah, it's... yeah but yes, the uh, it, it, it was. I probably spent far too much time uh, reading the backwards and forwards between United fans and Brentford yeah. fans. Uh... I don't think anyone really knows. I, I, think, I think even Chris Wilder himself is only in the know to a certain extent. He doesn't deal with the... He, he doesn't do the deals himself. Mm. I think he could come online and say, right, we're signing this player and then it could fall through that day mm. and he looks like a liar but he's not obviously he's just you know it, things change that quickly in football and there's that many people involved that I don't know if anyone can truly be in the know of this is definitely going to happen yeah no exactly or in, at least until it reaches this stage of like well it's now the it's confirmed he's on his way for a medical like, yeah you know, medical as soon as he's, he's gone for a medical that's it done yeah, that's enough for me he's in the building having uh, <laughs> having his video shot and all that I mean that's <laughs> one thing with McBurney there's not going to be any mistake in him on the uh, inevitable blurred photo of him in a coffee shop on West Street or something is there unless people get mixed up with Brayford re-signing which <laughs> obviously yeah, could scare a few people <laughs> yeah definitely um, so yeah I, I, I guess that one didn't it didn't scratch much of a surface so that one is probably a, a general going to give it a four out of ten meltdowns because so many people jump the gun and the uh you know more pay is definitely signing kind of thing particularly I, on, on twitter i've gave, given it a three because i know people were sort of he is definitely there were so many people who knew he was definitely signing <laughs> all of a sudden <laughs> and then obviously it didn't happen but i don't think the four i think the fallout would have been worse if we had not signed Moose and mcburney or, or as quick as we have at least anyway mm. yeah indeed i, I wonder if I mean, I, I think he probably stays there now. To be honest, yeah, um, I, I think did. if he was, I think he was going to move, he would have moved. Um, particularly as Brentford, you know, they don't need the money. Particularly, you know, they've they've, they've raked in a load from from sales in the last couple yeah. of years. Um, I wonder if we'll go back in for him if we stay up, because I still think he is the, or he would be a, an excellent successor to Sharp. Yeah, um, but I don't see a signing. Obviously, him now. As, as another good season, though. Obviously, Brentford's price tag will probably go up as well but yeah I I, I, yeah, I don't know I mean I, I know so much about Brentford's business model now after going on the S2 forum that I almost feel like I'm part of their board so but uh, yeah I, I think I think maybe even in January if we're maybe not us in particular because obviously we've got the stable strikers we've got now but I could see a premiership team or even a top championship team maybe gambling on him to mm. get the line to stay up or even get you know get promoted yeah potentially um, next one Hey, do you remember when Chris Wilder was going to be the next West Brom manager? Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I I despair of these rumours. They they really do pain me because it's like that makes zero sense. And and this was another one where I was like, oh, what a load of nonsense. And then it was actually reported more credibly than the standard. Um, oh, his you know his, his odds at Skybet have absolutely plummeted. You know they were yeah. gen- genuinely. Uh, respected football journalist saying uh, West Brom absolutely want him, and yeah. you know we're, it's understood they've made an approach and all this. And all right, I mean, I, I could make an approach to uh, 
I don't know. Ask, ask Chris Wilder to uh, sort my garden out. To be honest, I, I don't think I, I don't think I get very far unless he's very very interested in that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, this again, I think this caused you know because it's become a little bit of a meme. They're like you know someone got sacked. Wilder's linked to the job, but yeah. I think with this one and it, it was around the time of the court case kicking off as well. I think it's made a bit more of a splash. This was a bit of a... Mm. This is into seven or eight out of ten Twitter meltdown territory, I think. I, yes, I've got a seven on it because I think that when I first heard it, I thought, that's nonsense. And then, as you said, they were genuine, you know, well-respected journalists and who were saying, no, they are you know, they are interested. I think it came from the West Brom end as well, didn't it? The, the, mm. the, the uh, media from their side of things. And I thought, sure, what? Surely not. But it sort of got a little bit of momentum for it. If I remember right, they were only for a few days. Hmm. But it did seem to sort of blow up. And I thought, sure, this can't sort of happen. And then, obviously, with the court case going on alongside of it and all the hype about that, yeah, there was a little bit of worry in there, even though it made absolutely zero sense to me. Yeah. The thing that annoyed me, um, the, the take when West Brom sacked Darren Moore last season was like, oh, you know, they've got a long-term plan. Um, you know, this all it's all part of that long term plan. And then it's like, oh, so their long term plan was basically wait till the end of the season and then hope that Chris Wilder will leave his dream job in the Premier League and come and manage us, even though we don't have any money and you know yeah. got all these players on big contracts. So I was kind of doubly annoyed at, 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 that, at that. Basically, I think they've got quite a coup with Billich, though. Yeah, potentially. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, he's one of that. He's never managed in that league or anything, but. You know, a fairly big name. He's done decent in in other jobs he's had. I, I think, yeah, I think they might do. I, I didn't have them down to do well this season, to be honest. But I think they they're probably going to be playoffs again at least. I would have thought. Yeah, I think that's fair. I go with that. Um, and then I guess related to this, uh, the Wilder to West Brom thing, and the and the final sort of summer storyline. Unless there's anything I've completely forgotten. Uh, it's Sheffield United's twenty million budget for the summer, so we only have twenty million pounds to spend on players, which. I guess means we're going to have to return everyone once we uh, <laughs> sign McBurney. Yeah. Sign McBurney and maybe send him straight back. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think this is a. I go. I go six out of ten on this one because it wasn't like widely things. So, I mean, as best as I understand, this came from um, somebody asking Wilder, you know, what kind of budget are you going to have? And he said like probably similar to what Norwich have. And I yeah. think Norwich had actually said we're probably only going to spend about. 20 million or no more than that and people took it as gospel but yeah it's one of these things he's never going to say I've got 100 million to spend hmm, I mean Villa never said that it's the worst thing you can possibly do yeah so I I understand it obviously everything going on with the court case and stuff then Wilder said that and then I think there was another quote going around that someone said we were going to spend about as much as Cardiff which were a which I think we're probably about I think they spent about 30 million didn't they I think they did yeah yeah and I understand where it's come from, but I think it were half and half. I think half the people stuck to that as a, well, hang on, we've only got a £20 million budget. And the mm. other people sort of realised that nobody really knew what the budget was at all. Did you ever think it were £20 million or No, no, definitely not. I mean, as I said at the top, I, I did not think we would be spending around that amount on one player. I thought yeah. we would be you know, capped in that kind of £8 to £10 million pound area just, just to basically get the most out of our budget. Yeah. Um, but no, I yeah, I expected us to be. Well, I figured we'd sign like three or four starting caliber players, and that that would cost, you know, kind of a, at least thirty million. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, th- I expected it to be what we've done before, probably pre McBurney signing in terms of the mm. in terms of the transfer fees. I was thinking maybe six, seven, eight million. Yeah, uh, and in fact, Moose. I mean, I don't know how much it cost initially, but 
those two signings have obviously put us into a, a, a whole new ballpark. So yeah, absolutely. And we, you know, we we may not be done yet, as you uh, as you alluded to. Um, I, I think it'd be a, a mistake. Well, not a mistake. Maybe could save it for January, but not to use that final loan. Yeah, no, completely agree. I think that um, we we should definitely execute if we can. Yeah, interested to see how that goes. So yeah, there you go. That was uh, that was the summer as it was. Um, and yeah, we're, we're now right on the eve of the season, I suppose. We've got one more friendly uh, against... I still don't know how to pronounce this No, team. I don't. <laughs> Stade de Rem, I think it is. Yeah. Let's go with that. In France, uh, on, it's Saturday, isn't it? Yes, is it, is it an afternoon kickoff? I'm checking now. More importantly, is it being streamed anywhere that I can watch it? Yeah, it's 4.30. Uh, it's obviously it's the championship first games this weekend as well, isn't it? So. Yeah, football, football is back. Yeah. Weekend. The loose and bet, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's it. I think we, I mean we obviously we've we've covered a, a heck of a lot there actually. Um, anything else blades related you want to chuck in, or is that basically? No, that's it. We've not signed him yet anyway, because I've got the SUFC tag on and stuff. So <laughs> once again, they've let us down by not signing him on while we're live. So. <laughs> uh, gutted. Um, but yeah, next week we'll come back with uh, with some predictions for the Premier League as a whole. Um, yeah, I'm going to try and have a slightly uh, a slightly different twist to how the predictions will be handled um, compared to everyone else, I suppose. Um, and then, yeah, we can see very quickly how, how stupid we look after a few yeah. months into the season, I suppose. Um, all right, buddy. Well, thank you for your time on the your first permanent, confirmed, yeah. announced appearance. Yeah, I'm hoping it's not like Brayford's loan spell when (laughs) (laughs) obviously started off well, then we signed him and uh, yeah, it became, what what have we signed for £2 million here? I'm sure it won't be. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, where can people check you out outside of this very pod? It's uh, roysviewfrom.com and at Panchero on Twitter. Fantastic. Um, all right, I think that's everything then. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'm going to whiz you my prediction categories as soon as I can, and uh, yeah, yeah. You can spend spend a week or so thinking about that, and then uh, it's not as bad as Wednesday's preseason predictions last season, can they? So. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a that's a very low bar to clear. So I, I, I think we're all good there. All right, nice one. I will talk to you later. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs>